Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Carl, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hi, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom of two. And before we get going today, I would like to share with you all about our sponsor, LeapFrog Gymnastics, which is here in Coquitlam. So Hudson and Alex have been having an amazing time going to their classes every weekend where they get to go through fun circuits on specialized mats and equipment that are helping them work on those important skills such as body and spatial awareness, strength and balance, and of course, those great social skills too. So as a sponsor, LeapFrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off their first month of classes for new members only with the promo code PARENTTALK. So for more information on programming and birthday parties, you can visit leapfroggym.com and I hope to see you guys there. Yes. Today we are talking about sex, intimacy and pleasure, a return to your body. And we have with us today Corinne Underwood. Corinne is a sexual health educator, a certified sex intimacy and relationship coach, and a somatic ther sex therapist. Hi, Corinne, and welcome back to Parent Talk Podcast. Hi, it's so great to be back here with you both. Awesome. Yes, we like to talk about sex, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> so my first question for you today, Corinne, is how do we move beyond body shame? We all have shame to some degree about our body. So it's really important that we have positive role models that we can look up to and that we can identify with. Next is having a community of people that are supportive of us and that we can share um, things that are important to us and our vulnerabilities about our body. And thirdly is to create what I like to call like a routine or um, a ritual around how we honor and nourish our body on a daily basis. And this doesn't have to be some big project, but it's it's taking one aspect of our body that we are going to show gratitude for. So that could be a simple exercise of when you're in the shower, you literally choose one body part. It can be as small as your baby toe. And your focus is going to be on how great your baby toe is and how it looks to you and how it serves you and, and is part of your foot that you walk through life with. That, that's a little example. But if we can start super small and really honor our body, then over time, as we move through our entire body, we can feel more empowered in the world and start to really appreciate who we are as people, not just for how we look, but how we, how we maneuver through life, what our body is doing for us in this world. Mm -hmm. I did have some great friends around me throughout my life that told me like, look at you, he's beautiful, you're fantastic, or like, or they were sharing with me their sexual, like, relationships or experiences. And um, that brought a lot of calmness and a lot of confidence just by listening and friends around me like so people around us can help us a lot with this if we're if we feel if we feel um open enough to share right 
Absolutely. And, and I'm such an advocate for community. So community is essential for our well-being. And we don't actually talk enough about the things that are really important to us and particularly our bodies. And so when we can talk openly with people that we trust, it does diffuse that stigma and it does shine the light on shame. And when we shine the light on something, we bring it out into the open and it isn't so bad after all. Mm-hmm. As men sometimes get older, sometimes uh, erection becomes a problem. I have this talk with a few of my girlfriends in the last little bit. And it's it's really hard on the marriage and it's really hard to bring this relation this this talk between like husband and wife or husband and husband. But do you have any tips around that? Well, I sure do. I, I just like to kind of add to the point that we've been sort of socialized and culturalized to have these expectations around sex and performance. And and so a big part of of maneuvering through our bodily changes, which is a normal aspect of life in general, sex is messy, is to be able to be to diffuse it by talking openly about it with our partners, right? First, we got to bring it out into the open. It's like I said before, we shine the light on it. Secondly, is to have support around it because there's a lot of things that we can incorporate into our daily life to enhance pleasure and intimacy. And it's not all about having an erection or not having erection. It's things that we can do to really um, build that sensual and sexual relationship with our loved one in other ways other than just penetrative sex. And I tend to think that for a lot of us, because we are inundated with sexuality in the media and through pornography, and we interpret that we have to perform or look or respond a certain way, it creates this sort of false uh, image of, of who we are as humans. So if we're able to really start to get down to what our needs and wants are, how we build those into a consensual relationship that is respectful and trustful and finding ways to engage with one another physically that is pleasurable, that isn't just about having to perform and having an erection, then what we'll find is that our lives open up and we become closer and we actually end up having a lot more pleasure than just focusing on one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, as busy moms and dads or Anybody gets tired sometimes, right? So how do we get in the mood when tiredness and busyness is in the way? So for women, mostly, we navigate through what is called responsive desire. There are two types of desire. There's spontaneous and responsive. And what I mean by that is that with responsive desire, the conditions or the environment has to be such that we can let our nervous system relax so that we can start to feel again. So desire is cultivated. It doesn't just like happen overnight or spontaneously happen. And if it does once in a while, then that's great. So here's an analogy or, or an example rather. So for most of us, we don't desire to get up to work out every single morning. I mean, there's some gym rats out there and yay to you and that's fantastic, but that's probably about 10% or even 2% of the population. So we have to put an intention around getting up to work out. So we'll do that. We'll get up one morning. We'll work out. We'll feel great. But that doesn't mean we're spontaneously going to jump out of bed the next morning to go work out. So that's the same when it comes to cultivating desire. 
we need to set the time aside to do that. And I know that seems kind of funny when we're so overscheduled, but if we set a priority around our relationship and our sexuality, there is ways that we can find time, right? Getting a sitter, um, actually scheduling it into your schedule. It doesn't sound romantic, but it's necessary. I think it's romantic. <laughs> it can be. I like yeah. to see that on my schedule. <laughs> well, there you go. And you, and you can play, exactly. And you can play into it and make, make it like this anticipatory side. And, and especially for women, when we we navigate through this response of desire to anticipate time that is connection and time for ourselves, it starts to build our desire. And in addition, doing pleasurable activities, once we've set that time aside with things that we like and enjoy with our partner, is going to help us feel way more connected physically and intimately. In addition to that as well, we do need to focus on self-care. So if we're not taking care of ourselves outside of the bedroom, it reduces the chance that we're going to feel in the mood when that opportunity arises. And what do you mean about we're not taking care of ourselves? Taking care of ourselves, being in tune with our sensation. So what ends up happening is that when we're overscheduled and overloaded, our, we go into this like nervous system response, a stress response. When we are stressed out, our body dissociates from feeling. We actually can't feel the same anymore. So when we're able to do activities that calm our nervous system, that could be taking a hot bath, going for a walk in nature, meditating, listening to nice music, creating ritual around self-care in a way that calms our nervous system and allows us to start to feel sensation. So once we can feel sensation again, it is then paying attention to that. So if we are in the shower or we're in the bath and now our nervous system is calm, notice what's going on in your body. Do you feel tingling? Do you feel arousal? Do you feel tightness? Like being more in tune with your sensation is going to help you ultimately have more pleasure in your life, but get a lot more connected with your body so that when you have the opportunities to have sex and great intimacy, you can really own what you want and what you need. And then the next step is to, to communicate that with your partner. Mm -hmm. So what if a woman is experiencing pain and discomfort during intercourse? What could they do? That's a great question. And it's quite common, in fact. So there's many different reasons for pain. Pain can be associated with trauma. And trauma, I don't necessarily mean uh, a huge life event, it can be, but it can also be microaggressions that we've experienced over the course of our lifetime, environmentally, culturally, physically, emotionally, and they get ingrained into our cellular system. And so what ends up happening is that we can be actually interested or excited to go into a situation, but then our body has a different response. And so what happens is, is our body will go through this fight, flight, freeze, or dissociate response. So it reacts differently than what we're thinking. So exercises to actually calm our nervous system, as I talked about before, um, getting in a routine with that, and there's definitely help out there to support that process. Uh, also visiting a doctor and, and checking out to make sure that there's not some other underlying conditions, uh, particularly for women, if they've had vaginismus or they have prolapse or anything else that might be interfering with pleasure or in the opening of the pelvis, it's important that they get that looked into. And there is lots of help and support out there. There's 
physiotherapists that specialize in pelvic floor work. There's somatic educators and therapists like myself. There's lots of things that can be done to support. And I think what ends up happening sometimes is that particularly women and not just women, but when the, the, the pain is experienced, we then will anticipate that we're always going to have pain. And so then we're not desiring to have sex or be intimate, right? Because it, it initiates that fear response. Mm-hmm. So if we can uh, reach out and get support and, and visit a you know a doctor or a health professional and get surrounded in education, but also um, it's so empowering for us to know about our bodies. And for so many of us out there, um, due to numerous reasons, lack of education through our childhood and, and other things that have occurred in our life, we don't intimately know our bodies. So one of the things I always suggest, particularly for women, because it's easier for men to actually see themselves and their genitals, but for women, it's a great idea to get a mirror and really look at yourself and look at how your body changes as you grow and age over time and, and, and get intimately familiar with who you are. Another reason that sometimes pain is experienced is because of dryness. And I say life is better with lube. <laughs> <laughs> and it truly is. And and often there's a sort of stigma like, oh, I'm I'm not wet. There must be something wrong with me. And that's not the case at all because our we can actually feel aroused and not have wetness or we can feel not aroused and have wetness. That's just how our body works. So if we're experiencing dryness, lube is so important to use. And I always highly recommend like a water-based lube that is, um, that you like. Mm-hmm. So you just touch on lube, but is there any other way that we can have more pleasure? Absolutely. So pleasure isn't just about sex and sexuality. Pleasure is about living a life to incorporate the things that make us feel good and really stepping into those. So pleasure is eating a delicious strawberry. Pleasure is walking in nature. Pleasure is having a beautiful conversation with a loved one. So as we start to recognize all the ways that pleasure uh, interacts with us and our bodies, the more that we can be open to it from a sexual standpoint. In addition, uh, I, I, a big fan of creating ritual. So that is a self-care practice that we can incorporate that may involve masturbation, so self-pleasure. It could involve pleasurable activities like putting on silky lingerie or having a beautiful shower with great body wash. When we're doing that, we want to be super mindful of how we are nourishing, how it feels in our body. What are those sensations that are rising? Pleasure also can be impacted by us not having a voice around what we need and want and and having healthy boundaries. So, you know, I, I call it the wheel of consent. So in everything in life, we're actually navigating the wheel of consent. And that's actually, you know, something that I, I work particularly with couples on is how we incorporate consent in relationships on an ongoing basis, not just in the beginning, because that's super important as our bodies are changing and so are our likes and our dislikes. And so a big part of pleasure is be able to truly step in to the things that we want and need for ourselves and and also be able to own our yeses, but also own our noes as well. I love it. So what is the secret sauce (laughs) to build intimacy in my relationship? Or our relationship. (laughs) Yeah, well, sex can be delicious, right? And so, um, first of all, being open to exploration, 
right? Sometimes we kind of go down this rabbit hole and think that sex means this, but not this, right? And so open your mind, look at different ways that are going to might or or might make you feel good. Be open to experimentation. Uh, Things, as long as it's consensual and it's not creating harm for anybody, being open to that. But also it's creating this foundation of safety, And I'm going to preface that because there's never in life a situation that is 100% safe. So I like to refer to it as a safe enough experience or a safe enough environment. And a safe enough environment is one in which that we can freely and openly talk about the things that we want, that we like, and what we dislike without feeling repressed, without feeling shamed. And when we can bring that into our relationship with our partner, the sky's the limit. So sometimes as we go along in our relationships, we kind of hit peaks and valleys, of course, in sexual desire. And of course, one partner might have more than the other and things like that. And when you talk about, you know, being able to be open and be be able to experiment, what if one partner, of course, is a lot more open and wanting to kind of dive in when the other partner might be very closed? How can we encourage or get them to kind of join you (laughs) yeah and and don't get me wrong there's in relationships there's going to be things that our partners want and like and there's going to be things that we might not want to engage in and so I call those relationship agreements so in every relationship we each have our own domain or you can use the word boundaries so those are things that we have 100% control over ourselves. So an example of that is our bodies. We own and control our own bodies, right? Um, and, and so do our partners. What the relationship agreements are, are those things that are uh, that we don't control, that there could be an interest, like maybe one person wants to gauge, engage in erotic massage with, the, with their partner. And that other person's like, hmm, that doesn't really interest me that much. But I might be okay with this. So within relationship agreements, we also set sort of limits. And 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 that is super important because if we don't have those in place, what ends up happening is that barriers go up, expectations build, and the relationship breaks down. Mm-hmm. So it's super important to understand that we're not always going to be on the same page as our partner. But as long as we're being open and honest, and we're setting a relationship agreements around those differences, then it it keeps that trust and the safety in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And how to return to our body after birth? Yes. Well, you know, we've been through so much, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's it's small steps. And it goes back to creating that ritual around self-care and really recognizing and owning the amazing people that we are in our own uniqueness. And it seems to me that a lot of these days in the media, it shows that, you know, our vulvas or our penises or our breasts or whatever it is are supposed to look a certain way. Not at all. We are all different shapes and sizes and everybody is unique. And so if we continue on a daily basis, some in some way, incorporating some gratitude and love for our body, um, we will start to really get back to our bodies. And, and also, um, self-pleasuring is a wonderful way to get our sexiness back on because it's on our terms. It's only for ourselves. It's not for anybody else. And that's just a, a wonderful way. It's completely natural to 
reconnect with ourselves. If someone had a bad experience around sex, it could be abuse or anything. Do you have any uh, tips or tricks or word of wisdom? Uh, get some support. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be alone in that. There's no. a, and, and there's, there's no need to navigate that alone. There's so much support out there and, and to, to get, find somebody that is going to help you through that process to come back to your body so that you can feel again and feel safe again to experience pleasure. Um, that's number one. And having a good environment of trusting people that you can rely on to support you through that process. Thank you so much. Corinne, we can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? Yes, you can find me on my website, choicesforsexualhealth.com, as well as on my Facebook and my um, Instagram. And uh, yeah, I'm here for you whenever you need it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Corinne. And thank you, Heather, for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best parents we can be. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be art, so it's important to laugh, Keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate, but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.